Uh, Jesus, we thank you for this morning and for gathering us in this summer heat and just ask that your spirit would stir among us in our hearts, in this place, in the waters of baptism, in Emily's life, in her family's life, and for us in this moment as we turn our eyes and our hearts toward you. Help us hear uh, something new from you in this day. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, so good to see each of you this morning. If we haven't met before, my name is Colin. I'm one of the pastors here at Branches, and especially during the summer, it's just a delight to see all of you. I want to give you an opportunity if you want to take another chance, if you weren't in here, to, to check in. And use this QR code to let us know you are here. Uh, we're not going to pester you, I promise. Uh, this is just a way for us to keep in contact with you, to let you go, know what's going on in the life of the church, especially as summer eventually, as we get toward the end of it, and that's a groan for some of us, turns into fall, and the weather changes, more stuff stuff starts to happen, and we want to invite you to be a part of that. You may have noticed, and if you didn't hear Carrie share this or see her on our social media or anything like that, or know by the bright, exciting graphics that we have this week that we're starting a new series today called Throwback, and if that didn't let you know, the song certainly did, and I, like part of me, like there's been a part of my life where I'm like, mock the songs that I sang in my youth, and then today I'm like, I'm ready to get saved again, you know? <laughs> uh, these songs that... Uh, shape our lives, and we went you know, all the way back to how great thou art, and then today we're talking about God of wonder. So each week during this series, we're going to use one of those songs, and most of those songs are taken from a text of scripture, and in those texts, there's a truth spoken about who God is, and maybe they still have that 90s infomercial vibe, but they still speak something true. Um, the Methodist church, the Methodist tradition that branches as a part of this Christian family, uh, it's always been said, and this is something that John Wesley said, that we're a singing church. We're a singing people. In fact, our theology, what we believe about who God is, is a sung theology. And in that same way, St. Augustine said, when you sing, you pray twice. That there's something in the, the lyrics of songs that we sing, and especially ones that we have nostalgia for, that touch something and, and reach something deeper within us than just the spoken word. So with that, I'm going to sing the rest of my sermon today. Uh, not really. Uh, but I, I have a history of, of singing uh, and enjoying singing. One of the first little clips I uh, have that my parents love to show of like little Colin watching TV is American Tale. You guys know the movie American Tale, Fievel. I uh, love that movie, and me and my little tiny toddler voice singing somewhere out there. Uh, very, oh, very cute. That, man, I really thought I'd get a bigger aw. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, on cue. We should put that like, like in a TV show, like put it on the screen, and now aw, and then applause, and whatever. Uh, but very cute, love it. There's one actually where I'm sitting, and my pants are a little too low, so you can kind of see part of my butt. <laughs> uh, very funny. Uh, but I always loved to sing, would sing in the car, and not only that, but I love to make up songs. And uh, my parents... We, uh, as a family, we would go to bingo at the country club in my uh, small town uh, relatively regularly. And if you were here on the Sunday where I told the story about getting hit by a car, that was a central piece of that story. My parents were at bingo that night. And uh, uh, we, it was because it was a major part of our life. We'd go have dinner and, and play bingo together. And when bingo was over, the guy that would call the numbers, when it was over, he'd say, now, do any of the kids want to come up and sing a song or tell a joke? <clears throat> That was a bad invitation after a while because at first nobody would really come, but then the parents would encourage their cute little kids to go sing somewhere out there or their ABCs or to tell a knock-knock joke. And I would do that too. And then I started to make my own songs and my parents were like, don't go up there. Uh, bingo is over. We're going home. Because I love to embarrass them, I think. 
and I had written this song that I loved to sing. And it has no discernible tune, so I'm just gonna tell you what the lyrics were. This is the song, and you're, you're, I, maybe we can play it for throwback next week. You think I should sing it? Maybe, no, I'll pass, I'll pass. Uh, here are the lyrics. Cookie is big, cookie is small. Cookie is everything, big and small. Oh, cookie is everything, big and small. Now, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and my parents, again, it was one of those things where they were like, sing the cookie song, do the cookie song. I was like, so dumb. And, and, but I love to go up there and sing cookie song. And since the, I was writing the sermon, I have not gotten it out of my head. Uh, but I think not only was just like a little kid goofing around making up a song, I really think the seeds were planted for my little existential crisis, you know? Uh, I think all the way back then, I'm like, wow, some things are big <laughs> and something is small. Cookie is everything big and small. Like I was like, my brain was like waking up philosophically. And it, it kind of reminded me of my, my all-time favorite joke. It's this Buddhist monk goes into a pizza place and the man at the counter says, how can I help you? And the Buddhist monk says, can you make me one with everything? <laughs> I saw a clip of a guy uh, telling that joke to the Dalai Lama and the language barrier he just couldn't, you know, he never arrived at that reaction. Uh, can you make me one with everything? I really, truly, not a joke. I think I've always been fascinated with those questions. That, that the world is so vast, even just the planet that we're on is so huge, and when you travel around it, it, it takes hours. You think, about, you think about people pre-air travel, like how long it would take them to, to get around the world and to cross the Atlantic, and, and you look up at the sky, and there's all these stars, and we sing about it in this song, God of Wonders, Beyond our galaxy, that there's not only this vast planet that we live on, but we have a moon and we're in a solar system and there's a sun and it's an incredibly hot. Um, I, <laughs> I saw there was a, actually a, a proposal by someone uh, to solve our garbage issue. Uh, and you know, some of it's going in the ocean, unfortunately, and you know, it's going in landfills all over. And someone said, well, what if we just shot the garbage into the sun? And we're like, well, let's one, let's not do that. And two, uh, this uh, aerospace engineer said, actually, to even get close enough to shoot it into the sun with some accuracy, you'd, get, you'd be too close that the ship that you were in shooting the garbage into it would just burn up. So you can't get close. And the guy said, don't worry about it. We would get close to it at night <laughs> to shoot it in there. But people... I mean, that's a dumb thing, but even I feel dumb thinking about it too, just because the, the world that we live in, the universe that we live in is so vast. So I, this week in, in singing God of Wonders, beyond just the, the, the poetic piece of it, I just was thinking about how vast the world we live in is. It's said that there are 10,000 stars for every grain of sand on the earth. Uh, try conceiving of that amount. It's incredible. And that's somewhere around 200 billion trillion. I know, like, you know, smaller, I mean, lar much larger, just incredibly larger than any fortune anyone could ever amass. Just you can't even, you see these pictures of like, here's a stack of a million dollars, here's a stack of a billion. Like, there's no computer big enough to capture that image. In our observable universe, keyword observable, what we can actually see and know about, uh, it's about 93 billion light years wide or around, uh, uh, this, you know, gigantic, 
there's uh, 10 planets for every star in that expanse, at least, so the average, 10 planets for every star. And just, again, just an incredible, vast space. And we also know, because we know that the universe is expanding, if you were to re rewind it, uh, to reverse it, that it, eventually it would come to this single point, and out of that single point, and from a Christian perspective or a cosmological perspective, out of that, all things have arisen, and it just, again, expanded into this vast multitude of things. The universe is expanding, so this thing we can't even fathom is getting bigger, and we don't know what's out there. And again, everything is big, but in the same way everything is so small, when you think about the molecular world and, and the atomic world and the, the stuff that we're made of, and everything's made of that stuff, and we can, we can see it now with microscopes, microscopes how small the, the product, uh, the, the things we're made up of, the building blocks are that create us, that make us who we are. And all those things make up then this vast expanse of the universe. And, and when you start to learn about astronomy or cosmology or physics, and, and if you, you are a Christian, or even if you aren't, even the, the just thinking about this as a poem, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, that in that vast expanse, Christians have dared to say, and this is actually kind of a thing that repels people away from religious faith, is like, in the vast expanse, there's this one tiny blue planet, and God cares about that one, if there even is a God. And he cares about you, and he also apparently cares that if you prayed enough or hard enough, you would get a parking space close to the front door or whatever else. They're like, in this vast expanse, you really think there's a God who looks at you and cares about you, and Christians have wanted to say, have dared to say, yeah. <laughs> God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, you are other. You, we think that the universe is big, you are so much more than that, infinitely bigger than that. In fact, you created it, it's under you, and you're Lord of it. You rule over it. And not only that, not only do you fill the expanse of the universe, not just the observable universe, but all that is, you dare to care about me. That's humbling enough as it is. It's maybe even foolish and silly enough as it is. Maybe even in this moment raises a question within you, like I've never thought about how God could care about, even though my planet feels so small, it seems so insignificant in that expanse of sand, of stars surrounded by planets and moons. And so we turn back to this kind of original story that's told in Genesis. We, you know, we talk about throwback. Like, like, let's go throwback all the way to the very beginning of this story that the people of Israel told to explain and understand this. And so uh, we, we look at the beginning of, of Genesis, just the, the first few verses of it. We're in Genesis 1, if you want to follow along. Uh, I lost my place here. Genesis 1, and the first few verses talking about the beginning of creation, and then later God's declaration of creation. So we're in Genesis 1, 1 to 5, and 26 through 31, it says this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And then he creates all of this other stuff, and then jumping forward to verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make humankind in our image, 
according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. What we get wrong when, when we turn back to that original story that unpacks creation, unpacks who we are, we think about our humanity, and then we think about this vast expanse, we, we crack it up and we think, okay, whoever wrote this, some people say Moses, whoever the author of Genesis was, sat down and said, okay, cosmology and life science, first edition. <laughs> And we miss, we bypass, and we argue about whether or not, okay, was it seven 24-hour literal days, and was it really 6,000 years old or billions of years old, and, and maybe we're kind of questioning and wondering about Darwinian evolution and kind of the uh, arise of humans on this planet, and, and hang your hat on any of that you want. Um, doesn't bother me one bit where you land on that. But where I want us all to land collectively when I look at the story is like, don't speed right past that God didn't have to make anything, but he did. That God in this nothingness, the Hebrew is tohu vavohu, this is where we get this formless and void, this just like sweep of chaos and nothingness, draw close to it and swept over it by his spirit and something came out of it. And not only that, over and over again, he makes this stuff, he makes this creation, this tiny blue planet, and he declares something in it good. This is good. And not only that, he creates beings in it, not just things that creep as it describes, or trees, or the, the, the expanse, the topography of this, of this planet. He doesn't just create that physical piece of it. He creates beings on it that can be jerks to him. <laughs> and if you keep reading, you'll find out. He creates wills other than his own. He creates people, humankind in his own image, and he gives them dominion. This is what that image is, that he can, that this man and this woman, these people can resist him, and they do. <laughs> they resist what he wants for them. But even then, God pursues them. And so again, we sing this song and we lift up these words, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, and yet you made us. And yet, you were self-sufficient, but you decided to make others for yourself. And God, you are holy and other and great, and you made this whole world that you could play in, and you could make us just like you and want to be around you all the time, but you so love, in and of yourself, our love, Father, Son, and Spirit, couldn't make beings that couldn't resist you, otherwise it wouldn't be love. And, and, and not only that, but for centuries you drew closer to us and we resisted and we ran away and we pushed away and we ignored you and you ran after us anyway. 
and all day long, the story says, you, you extended your hand to us and, and, and tried to draw us back in, and we said no. Well, sometimes yes, if you'll help, but today, no. <laughs> and then all of it culminating, Christians have wanted to say, all of this, this God of the universe, this God of all these millions and billions of stars, the, the God of this tiny blue pale dot, this planet, you made a person from the dust, this first person, and then we questioned, okay, you said it was very good. Is it very good? Are we very good? Are we the pinnacle of your creation? And we dared you to show us, and you did in this person, yourself, Jesus the Christ. Just kind of laying it out that way, it sounds so silly and ridiculous. It sounds so foolish. And then we're reminded again in the scriptures that it's, it's foolish to those who are wise, and it's wise to those who are foolish. And so you kind of, uh, in those youth group experiences, like, I'm ready to be a fool. I'm ready to write my worst sin on a piece of paper and light it on fire and watch it be lifted up into the air by the wind. I'm ready to, to cry and cry and cry and decide I'm going to be a monk, and then next week I'm going to disobey my parents or whatever else. <laughs> but it's because of this compelling story you say, like, this God, this God of wonders beyond our galaxy, just to put it in a hokey way, this God of wonders, wonders about me, listens to me, draws close to me, listens to me, wants good for me, became someone like me. Over and against, and, and different than any other God that we could describe, these gods that were so holy they were disinterested in the affairs of men. They wound up this universe and stepped back and said, good luck. <laughs> or the, the gods of some other religions, like the Greco-Roman pantheon, were like, wow, this is obviously just like an amplified version of myself. <laughs> they want all the same things I do, just 10 times as much. And they're just as bad as I am, just 10 times as much. <laughs> and they're so lusty for war and violence, just like me, just 10 times as much. <laughs> and what Christians have wanted to say for centuries is like, actually, it's, it's, it's not that they're an amplified version of us, it's not that God is just like us, just louder, and it's not that he's disinterested in human affairs, but because of God's power, because God is so holy, because of who God is, in and of himself, love, he does desire to be with us. And he's unlike us, but he likes us. And he's beyond us, but he's with us. And he's over us, but he's around us. And he's more powerful than us, but he took on the form of a slave to be with us. And so take what you will about this God of wonders and you look through a telescope and see all the vast things that he's made. But I think the, the most powerful, humbling thing, this, the most wonderful thing in the proper sense of the word, isn't that God made all that, it's that he made all that and then said, you know what, I wanna hang out with you today. I wanna be with you. I wanna use these simple elements of bread and wine that I, you can experience who I am. I wanna desire a relationship with you even if you don't want one with me. I wanna animate the waters of baptism to remind you of my presence, that this God of wonders who can make anything and has made everything he had ever desired longs to be with us. There's wonder and, and awe in the sublimity of the universe, but I think there's wonder and awe even more so in the dirt and the muck and the mire of our human experience. And even more so that God wanted to step into it and that he did. I think the, the most 
human analog we can have to this God who is both holy and also incarnate in Jesus, who is both powerful and humble, who is both high and low. I think the most human analog we have is this idea of a a stupid smart person. (laughs) You guys know people like this. God's not one of them, that's not what I'm saying. Let me back up. (laughs) It's this idea that we both have IQ and EQ. We have brain intelligence and emotional intelligence. And we all know somebody who is incredibly smart, but cold and aloof. (laughs) But we also know people who are warm and can pick up on the slightest change in your mood, but are dumber than a rock. (laughs) That that God in Jesus Christ is both uh, the creator of the universe and the the, the atom to the the supernova, and he's also a, a first century carpenter named Jesus of Nazareth that he's both. That's what's wonderful. That's the wonder about it. That's when God says it's very good. He doesn't say, it's, oh, I did a good job. On to the next one. He said, it's very good, and I'm gonna stick with it, and he did. And whether, again, that was 6,000 years ago or billions and billions of years ago, or you, you embrace Darwinian evolution, or you reject it, or you think it was six 24-hour literal days, don't speed past the main point that out of nothing, Over this formless void, God swept close by his spirit to make something. He didn't have to, but he did. And he made you, and he called you very good. And even in this moment, isn't stepping back, isn't drawing away, isn't winding it up to be surprised to see what happens next, but is drawing you closer to himself. In the person of Jesus is saying, uh, I want you to be like me, so I became like you. Uh, the interlude of that song is hallelujah, praise God to the Lord of heaven and earth. Not heaven in spite of earth, not earth ignoring heaven, but hallelujah to the Lord of heaven, these great vast things and earth of our stuff. He's the God of both. And isn't it wonderful, isn't it a gift, isn't it good news that the holy, powerful, incredible God that we describe and sing in that song and that describes uh, him in that opening chapter of Genesis is the same God that sees you and invites you individually and communally and in your family and in your work and in every moment into a relationship with him. God of wonders. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so far above us and yet you are closer to us than we are to ourselves. Remind us of that truth. Remind us of your wonderful works in the universe and also just right here in the two feet around us. Help us be in awe of the the things that you've done all around the world and also of these mundane things that we experience in our day-to-day life. Help us see you as this transcendent, big God and as also this loving and personal small God. Make us mindful of who you are, that we might become more like you, that we might reflect your image as you promised in the beginning, that we might share that good news, that you created us and you called us very good, and that after that you pursued us and are still pursuing us even in this moment. Use every means of this service, every uh, means of our singing and praying and coming to this table as an opportunity, as a means to draw us closer to you. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.